0: Welcome to KPL Lip Talks. In today's podcast, we're going to be discussing our favorite adult books. I'm Claudette Stockwell, the library director. And I'm Kim Mather, teen and adult services librarian. You know, it's funny when we decided to talk about what we were going to talk about today, we couldn't figure out what to call it because there's such a connotation to the word adult that in library land, we just think of it as either young adult, adult services, or children's services. Uh, so, Kim, what do you think about that?
1: I think it was very difficult to decide how to call the podcast adult books because, yes, it does kind of lead the, the listener to maybe not understand exactly what we're talking about.
0: Right. It's not, um, you know, teens can read these books too. It, there's no, for librarians, there isn't necessarily a negative connotation with the word adult that you know, other people in the world might, might interpret. Yes. Yes. So just kind of a little funny, we decided to, to mention that kind of a little funny thing there, right? Uh, magazines for adults is just, you know, magazines for adults versus like, you know,
1: people magazine hidden,
0: hidden, you know, like the hidden, uh, I forget what that's called for the kids, but where you can find the little hidden pictures. Oh and yes. The highlights. Highlights. The highlights right. Magazine. That's what we mean. So today both of the books I'm going to be discussing are books that were written a long time ago and uh, one right now is actually on Apple like you can watch it on the Apple TV which I haven't. It's Defending Jacob by William Landay. Uh, I would love to know if it's staying true to the book but I've yet to see it so I don't know but it's about a 14 year old boy that's charged with murder. Um, His classmate has been found uh, in the park, murdered in the park and You know, it's the sense and the belief that he is guilty. And so it it looks at from 90% of it is from the father's point of view of, you know, did my son do this? You know, do we believe that the things that they're saying about him and what lengths would you do to protect your child? Have you read it?
1: I have not. I have not even heard of the TV series.
0: Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, every time I, because I do have um, an iPhone, so every time I, you know, get little, like, notifications, it'll show me. And I'm like, oh, I really need to see that. So, yeah. And it's been a long enough time that I don't remember all the gritty details of it, but um, what I remember is how the dad really supported his son throughout it, which is not always often the case. Yeah.
1: And... When the book ended, do you recall if the son actually was guilty or if they found the guilty I am not going to of-
0: tell because okay. I don't like giving away endings to anything. That's good. Just in case because it's one of those that twists you down the path of you're not sure if he is guilty or if he is innocent. The dad, I think, really believes that he's innocent, but everything is, is kind of stacking up to say, hey, he's not. And so I will leave that to, to people to, you know, check that book out and see, did he or didn't he do it? Defending Jacob, you Defending said. Jacob. Mm. yeah, very interesting. And he was—I um, w- I don't want to—I say local author, but you know he um, is in Massachusetts, so I think he's probably somewhere in that Boston area. But that makes me feel local. You know, I feel like authors that are somewhere in our little, you know, hub—I right. um, feel like they are local people. So, yeah, yes. What do you? What's one of your favorites, Kim?
1: Well, since you're talking about a Massachusetts author, I guess I'll talk about that one next mm. um, because I. If I'm remembering correctly, this author was from Massachusetts, Tom Ryan. Um, He was a journalist. Um, He had uh, actually a newspaper. Um, And the title of the book is Following Atticus, 48 High Peaks, One Little Dog, and an Extraordinary Friendship. Hmm. And it is about this man who um, is honoring a friend who's passed from cancer and he's hiking the uh 48 mountain peaks in mass uh sorry new hampshire and he is trying to get it complete in a you know he has a time frame that he's trying to complete it and um along the way he has adopted this dog um prior to starting the the peaks and so it's a little bit about um, him learning how to take care of a dog, um, and and overcoming his fear of heights to hike these mountains wow. and just the bonds that they've they've really um, developed developed. Thank you. <laughs> yes, um, especially for someone who never had a dog, wasn't really interested in having a dog, and now you know he uh, really is treasuring the time with the dog.
0: That sounds really good. So yes. this is, uh, it sounds like this is a non-fiction?
1: This is a non-fiction, yes. And as a dog lover and a New Hampshire uh, White Mountain lover,
0: I just really enjoyed the, the story. Do you remember if it had pictures?
1: There were no pictures no no that pictures. I recall. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's
0: kind of sometimes pictures. nice when they do those, yes. you know, true stories and give you something like, and these are some of our views. Yes. So, yeah.
1: And there was some, you know, comedic elements. I mean, there's one that just stands so vividly in my my mind. I've shared the story with other people who haven't read the book, family, friends, and that's, uh, yeah, it's just enough to make somebody want to read the book. I think. But tell I'm not us, gonna Kim. Tell you. Really? Come I'm on. Not tell, you, tell us all, so a, we might want to read an, it. A naughty dog thing. Oh He, boy. Just, he was, he was not happy that that uh, Tom had left him alone for a little bit let's just say that and he was showing Tom you just know, what that doggies it was do not right. right yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome I like that you read these light-hearted books because of course as I realized well let me talk about my next favorite book again it has to do with just terrible awful stuff why just the way it is for me my next one that I like that this did become a movie is we need to talk about Kevin by Lionel Shriver and um, again this is a high school so it, it takes place in high school and bad things happen but it's told from the mother's point of view And I'm actually going to read a little bit of it that I I took from page 166. It's a quote. It says, It's always the mother's fault, ain't it? She said softly, collecting her coat. That boy turned out bad because his mama a drunk or she a junkie. She let him run wild. She don't teach him right from wrong. She never home when he be back from school. Nobody ever say, is daddy a drunk or is daddy's not home after school? And I, I really like this book. Um, because it's told from the mother's point of view of how she felt there was something wrong from the minute she got pregnant. She didn't feel the same way that most mothers feel, and she takes on that guilt that I'm quoting here, that it, that it is so true in society that we look to the mother if something is not right with the child. It's somehow the mother's fault, yes. and uh, she's, she's telling it almost like she's telling the story to her husband, you know, saying how right from the beginning when I was pregnant, I knew something wasn't right. And, you know, she wants to talk about her son and as he's growing up, how she didn't feel that connection. And, you know, in this case, he truly is guilty of the crime and how she really feels like, what did I miss or were those signs there? And what it, you know, taking ownership of you know, feeling like somehow she was at fault too. You know, not only is, is the world looking at it like, well, you know, it's her fault, she's feeling at fault as well, you know. Um, you know, inevitably why do we blame mothers for this the crimes of their children, you know? So yes. it's it's a deep, deep book.
1: And was Kevin an only child?
0: He was not. Oh. He was not. So, I mean, but he was the first. Okay. And and I think this is really where she starts to begin to reflect because later on she has a little girl, and that is a total different experience. So parenting this little girl versus him, totally different. And their their relationships are different, and his relationship with his sister, and just looking at everything. Mm. I mean, very, very. Both my books are are. Heavy psychological thrillers, um, but I think we need to talk about Kevin is even deeper. Like I said, that I think this came back. There might have been a movie back in like 2011. Spot on movie, spot on. Um, you know, great edge of your seat, wow, kind of stuff. That
1: that's something if you yeah. can say that the movie was spot on to the book because they. It usually, doesn't happen that yes, way. Yeah, yes. it
0: doesn't always happen that way. I mean, I think you take more away from it. Obviously, reading it, but in both cases, you know, I read it and then I watched the movie, and my husband watched it, and you know, because I was like, let's let's talk about this. Like, I need to talk about this. So, yeah, I don't know. I just got that heavy stuff. Oh yes, you do. Heavy, heavy hitter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That kind (laughs) of stuff keeps me up at night. I me too, but that's what I like it because (laughs) I (laughs) want to keep reading. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So what about you? You got another light hearted for us?
1: Well, um, it is another nonfiction, so I guess it is definitely much more lighthearted than the heavy things you're and, reading. And both of mine are minor fictions, <laughs> so there you
0: go. They're you know they're not yeah. based in reality, but maybe, because the world, these things do happen there. So, yes. Yeah.
1: Well, the next one I would like to talk about is The Plant Paradox, and it is written by Dr. Stephen Gundry. And I would just like to say that I have been gluten-free, and dairy-free for many years. I also am very um, conscious of my sugar. I don't do white sugar. I have always leaned towards honey or coconut sugar or maple syrup as sweeteners. Um, I've always avoided soy, Um, just different information that I've read through other books. Mm -hmm. This is the type of um, path I've been down for many years, and I, Read this book, The Plant Paradox, maybe a year and a half or two years ago now. And, um, oh my gosh, totally, totally changed um, for me uh, Mm. different things. Even with the diet changes I had previously, I looked and made more changes based off of recommendations from this book. his focus is on lectins and how lectins are part of plants. They're defense mechanisms that are just naturally mm-hmm. in a plant, like the seeds and the skins. It's a way for plants to uh, survive yeah. and continue. Um, so these, um, these are things, though, that are poisonous to people. and we find that we have different um, health concerns or health issues. And when you get down to the nitty gritty of it all, it it stems from eating the wrong plants because of their high lectin content. Mm -hmm. Some plants Mm -hmm. have a higher lectin content than other plants um, like tomatoes, um cucumbers you know things of that sort um some of the grains because we're being told to eat healthier so have you know whole grains and whole grains have the outer husk of them and that is where all the lectins are so he's saying you know that's not the best option and that there's only two grains that naturally occur in nature that do not have lectins and that is millet and sorghum so if you're eating any other grains then you're getting a bunch of lectins so i i probably (laughs) could go on and on and on but needless to say um I feel so much better than I've ever felt, uh, and it's all because of Dr. Stephen Gundry.
0: And I know that was one of your favorites, because I remember you saying, here, would you like to read this? Yes. And you always know it's someone's favorite book when they grab it off a shelf, or after they themselves have read it, and go, hey here, you should read this, or would you like, you know, I mean, so you know that it was definitely one of your favorites. I remember that. Yes. I remember you, and and I tried, but I'm such not normally a nonfiction that I remember kind of being like, uh, like it was hazy for me. Like, what is she saying? Right. So it's it's great that you're discussing it. Yeah.
1: I know it, it can get a little it's all sad. of the scientific... like you would say. Yeah,
0: right. It's very, it yes. is. It's very, like, Yeah.
1: Yeah. He does. Uh, I mean, if it's something that you or anybody else really wants to look into, he does have like a dumbed down version of the book. So oh, interesting. Um, and Ooh, I, I have yeah. read that one as well. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, I think that one was the Quick and Easy Plant Paradox. I think that's what it was that's called. That's wise
0: that he did that, because for yes. exactly that reason, because for some people to try to get through all that heavy stuff. Yes. And especially, like, for me, because I'm not, you know, I'm a sugar reader. I know it's not good for me, but I definitely, you know, to to begin at the beginning, like, I do need a, a an easier version. Yeah, good to know. Yeah. And... Do you have another favorite to discuss today, Kim? Um, I mean, I could
1: certainly talk about another <laughs> one. Um, I, I really enjoyed Animal Vegetable Miracle A Year of Food Life by Barbara Kingsolver. And um, I just, it was rather interesting, the um, journey. It's, it's a, a whole year, this family's journey from trying to eat locally and and what was just in season so just a year of seasonal eating and they also moved from uh, I can't remember um but it was somewhere in the the um the more of the western part of the country I want to say like Arizona or New Mexico Mm -hmm. or something along those lines and it was um they were experiencing a drought at that time. And so it was just more of um, them moving out to the East Coast. Uh, The the husband had some family property, I believe it was in Virginia. And so they ended up moving and, you know, really living um, seasonally.
0: And they would probably have a lot better food choices too, then. Right, yeah, yes. As options. Exactly. And yeah. even
1: when they would go grocery shopping, they were not buying things if they weren't in season. Or, oh, that's um, very interesting. yeah, but they yeah. were allowed, I think each family member was allowed one item a week when they went shopping. So like somebody had picked bananas, you okay. know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So they, they did, you know, give themselves that one little wild card, you know, that
0: was not maybe necessarily a yes. season. Yes. That sounds interesting. So it was very yeah, interesting. Yeah, you know, uh, my daughter and I were just talking about plums last night as we were doing the dishes, and I was going, yeah, they're going to be in season soon. Right. So that's that's that would be interesting because, yeah, if you get it and it's not, it's just not as good as if no. you just wait, you know, sure. for the summer for your fruits and vegetables that come in at that time. Yes. Yeah. And That's if you follow
1: the plant paradox, Dr. Gundry says there's a reason for us eating seasonally, too.
0: So you really? can kind of
1: tie the two books together, I, like I guess. you're hooking <laughs> that in. There you
0: go. That's really interesting. And, you know, my last book, which I can almost barely remember, right? It's my favorite. And I go, well, why, right? Nah, it's A Time to Kill by John Grisham. Uh-huh. And I think one of the reasons it's my favorite is because I always enjoyed reading and then when I went away to college, you know, you're just schoolwork, schoolwork, schoolwork. You know, you're not, you don't have a lot of pleasure reading. And I think after I graduated, I kind of forgot that I liked to read. And I was at someone's home and, you know, a time to kill was on their, you know, their coffee table or whatever. And she had just finished it. And, you know, I'm looking at the book cover reading and going, oh, this sounds good. And I think that hooked me back into reading or, you know, after for a few years, I was only doing college type stuff. And i've loved grisham ever since and it's again you know someone's been killed it <laughs> was well, shocking um you know and who done did it and you know the the vengeance that that's involved in there and so yeah i just i like that you have light fluffy healthy great animal food stories and i'm all about the death but um it's <laughs> pretty awesome oh. Oh, well thank you for listening and uh We'll, we'll talk to you next time. Have a great day.